Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am an overcomer. I am very passionate about helping others to achieve an abundant life fueled by spiritual principles and emotional balance. In this podcast series, we delve into spiritual self-care. Yes, we will explore exercising our minds and bodies, but more importantly, we will discuss strengthening our inner being, embracing God's love, and being filled by the fullness of God. As you take this journey with us, we want to inspire possessing your authentic selves and happiness. Welcome back, you guys. We have been talking about our experiences and how they shape our perspective of God. Last week episode, we got into the weeds about how God loves us and that he's not our earthly father. And as we go about the podcast and and spending good time embracing information, you know what I like to do? Yes, I do. I always enjoy having someone on the show to enhance our insight, to help us to continue on that transformation journey. And I'm so excited about the guest who came on today. She's been my partner in crime for a while now. She's been on the podcast numerously. And in fact, in terms of partner in crime, she does an incredible job of facilitating our workshops with us. Yay! And so I'd love to welcome back Deanne on the show. Deanne, welcome back. Thank you so much, Kamir. I appreciate your kind words. Yeah, and well, I know you. And as you can tell, I'm excited about knowing you. Can you do, though, provide a little bit background information to who you are so our audience gets reconnected with you? I'd love to. I am a wife of 33 years. We have three children and three grandchildren. And to anyone listening, I suggest start with the grandchildren. They're so much more fun. (laughs) Besides that, I'm also a life coach. And it is my pleasure and my delight to assist people in becoming who they always wanted to be. And that's always encouraging and powerful to hear because there's so many things in our lives that prohibits us from being who we want to be. And uh, again, that's why we do the podcast, kind of bring us back to that place of how God created us in, in, in that purpose that he uh, put in us and, and just get us back to a place where we can just enjoy life. That's always good. It is good. And it's one thing that I really appreciate about what you do, Kamira, what A Healing Peace is doing is weaving together our relationship with God and how it shows up in our regular daily life. And the things that have occurred in our life that can block the expression or the receiving of God's love. And and the way that you blend those together is Bible-based and always encouraging and freeing. And I really appreciate that. But I definitely appreciate you saying that because it's kind of funny because of my the God piece and the things that I share, people are actually not aware that we're providing tools for their emotional wellness because they hear the God piece. But it's in there and it, it's something that I enjoy kind of sneaking in a little bit so that you're aware that God cares about our emotional wellness just as much as our spiritual connection with him. To to spin off of that, you know, 
God is the creator of emotions. And all through the Bible, he expresses all kinds of emotions. He has all kinds of emotions and people have all kinds of emotions that they express to God. Love and adoration and anger and furiousness and demands for revenge and humility, Mm. you know, humbly coming before him. All of it's expressed. And it's almost as if our emotions are a key part of our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with others. So, yes, it's an important aspect of our lives. And I love that you're highlighting it. I'm grateful for that insight because so many times we overlook that aspect of God's character. And we definitely overlook that that's part of that creation that he's, you know, provided for us. And so hearing you say that, for me, it kind of helps me to calm down a little bit and be like, oh, okay, it's okay to have these experiences. It's okay to have these emotions. And yes, God is not mad at me because I felt sad today or because I was angry today. And and so I I do appreciate that insight because you're opening up that level of understanding that all of me is part of how he created me and how he wants to have that conversation with me as well. Yes, all of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it actually jumps into what we're going to talk about today because as we move about in our everyday walk, there's things that we have inadvertently thought about God and how he views us. And a lot of it stems from just our own embarrassment of our behavior or the things that we've heard throughout centuries in terms of our church experience, you know, that God is wrathful and and has this position over us. and, And we have to be these submissive people, and in the process of having an understanding, losing sight of that connection. And so today, the the things that we're going to talk about is really kind of removing some of those layers, some of those experiences, and getting back to the basics of God's character. And we started the conversation a little bit already in terms of our emotional state. And I would like to kind of dive in a little bit more to, in us, how we perceive our emotions and then how God perceives interacting with us in our emotions. And I'm stating that because one of the stigmatisms that kind of clings to us is that God is angry at me. Mm -hmm. Somehow I didn't do this right. And all these things that's happening in my life is because he is angry at me. Did you know that a Healing Peace podcast is a part of a larger community? That's right. A Healing Peace is the educational component of J-Intelligence, J-Intel. J-Intel is a nonprofit organization that promotes a faith-based message of healing and emotional wellness. Together, we create programs that empower women in their emotional health and wellness process with faith-based and therapeutic tools. These tools educate, connect, and transform into the abundant life that God provides. Learn more about JNTEL at JNTEL.org. And so I, I would like to spend some time tapping into your brain in terms of what have you learned about God and how he has worked with you or even the people that you've coached and, and seeing that, man, you know, God is not that angry God. 
trying to make us be perfect to have a relationship with him. Right. And isn't that good news? Yeah. Let's do unpack it a little bit. You know, my experience growing up, I grew up, I was raised in a church and there were a lot of great things about the church. And so I don't want to say anything negative about the church, but I do want to give a picture of what my experience was. And when I was young and we'd sit through Sunday services, the man that was the preacher became very impassioned or very passionate about what he was saying while he was talking. And as a child, it sounded to me like he was yelling. Well, I mean, in fact, he was yelling. But for a child to see a man in authority yelling, you know, having to mop his brow and sweating and yelling, even to the point of what felt to me like yelling at us to love each other and yelling at us to forgive each other, you know, yelling at us to be perfect and yelling at us to be good. It was, I came away from that with a picture of God that if I didn't do exactly right, I was going to get yelled at. And mm. I, knew what it was, I knew what it was to be yelled at. You know, I'm like, probably every child knows what it is to be yelled at. And, and you don't, you don't want to be yelled at. Like, I don't think that's our natural state that God made us to yell at each other or to be yelled at. So when we experience that anger, especially as a child, and we have these feelings come up and these emotions get wrapped in and we don't have the words for it, right? A six-year-old can't say, mommy, he made some good points today, but I wish he wouldn't yell. He sounds so angry. Like a six-year-old can't say that, right? Right. So what's left is this emotion and this confusion and this message that if I'm not perfect, then God's going to be angry. And I think everybody knows deep inside, like I'm not perfect. (laughs) No matter how hard I try, I can't be perfect. And that leaves me with an angry God waiting to yell at me or punish me or pull the rug out from underneath me or throw terrible and hard circumstances my way to try and teach me the right way to be or beat me into submission so that I can be perfect so I can come before him. So mm, I'm so sorry. I had to paint the picture of what it feels like to think that God is angry with you. Can you kind of feel it? I mean, like, ooh, I just feel like a heavy in my chest and I kind of want to shy away, right? Yeah. And I think what's so profound about what you shared is you're going back to that that period of the most influence, not being aware. And I know for myself, I definitely grew up in that church environment where it was part of the whole experience. And if the pastor didn't have that moment, then we were like, oh, he, he didn't have a good message today. Like he, he was missing out on something, but not realizing the other impact of hearing the message and the method where it's so high pitched. It, it's so at a place where it's not as attainable to digest and be able to process and to be able to experience in a gentle, loving fashion of who God is. And so many times I don't think that we connect that experience to how we view God as an adult, because that was part of our church culture, that church environment. And hearing you share this, it definitely resonates and it provides like, whoa, hmm, 
did I pick that up not knowing? And did I take that on as who God is? And so I, I feel like for those who are listening, it's definitely an opportunity to reevaluate and not saying that it is bad, but I think identifying where are some of these influences that is triggering our understanding of who God is. Exactly. Just like you said, the not aware part, mm-hmm. those influences that inform and form our picture of who God is and what are they based on and taking a minute. And hopefully just as you and I have been telling a little bit of our story mm-hmm. that the you who are listening are thinking about what your story is like Kamir just said, and where is the picture of the God that you relate to formed from? Mm-hmm. Was it your dad, like, like Kamir said, or, or a pastor or, or maybe your dad was absent. So you have no real picture of who God is, except for someone Mm. who's not there. All these get woven into how we see God and what we think of him and how we approach him. And, oh, what if that's not the way he really is? And what I like to do is kind of take a step back and identify that when we are embracing these elements of God's character in the sense of, oh, he's yelling at me, or in a sense of, I'm, I have to be perfect. How does these elements manifest throughout our everyday life? Because sometimes we miss that connection. Okay. Well, if I can just tell you a true story of just what has happened to me recently, would that be all right? For sure. I love when people talk about themselves. <laughs> I get excited too. <laughs> okay. So in, next week, I'm leading with a ministry partner, a four-day event in Oklahoma City for women that we do every year. One of the messages that I'm able to deliver at this event is that God is speaking. He's speaking all the time. He's speaking to you and you can hear him. And on top of that, he loves to speak to you. It's his passionate desire to be in close unity and relationship with you. And you can't be in close unity and relationship with someone who is stony silent. So this message of God speaking to you is is in my heart, it's in my soul, it's how I've come to know God. And it's what I want to share at this event that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, there have been uh, quite a few things happening in my life up until last week. And I kept feeling more and more, I'm just not hearing God speak to me. I'm not hearing God speak to me. You know what I, you know, I started thinking, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. What have I done wrong? Why am I not hearing him speak to me? Why is he not speaking to me? All those questions, but it keeps coming back to what have I done wrong? What do I need to do? Do you hear that message? Mm-hmm. How, how is it that, what is, how do I have to be perfect enough, right? So that I can get back in God's good graces. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I mean, it, I, that's an unpleasant place for me to be because I'll, his word is life. And his, his, I mean, it's my substance. And to feel that disconnection is like a torture. And yet I'm not figuring out the right things I'm supposed to do. And so I'm kind of feeling kind of panicky on the inside. And finally, my thinking got to the point where I heard 
how can you go to this event and talk about God speaking and you aren't hearing him? You are an imposter. Oh, so when I heard that, you're an imposter. When my, when my thinking had escalated to the point that I heard what I thought was myself saying to myself, you're an imposter. I, it, was, it was bold enough and loud enough that I could recognize, oh, hey, wait, that's an accusation. Mm-hmm. That's an accusation. I'm an imposter or you're an imposter. That's an accusation. And I know that God does not accuse. I actually know who the accuser of the brethren is. And that's the enemy of God and the enemy of my soul. He's the accuser. And the second I realized and became aware that I was allowing this accusation, the accusation started in a very subtle way. What do I need to do? What have I done wrong? There's an accusation embedded in that. And it is so subtle. It is so sneaky. It's almost as if the enemy of your soul is crouching about looking for a weakness to jump in. But it escalated. He made a mistake because he escalated it to the point where I could hear the word imposter and I could recognize that's an accusation. And I could say, oh, oh, no, Hmm. I'm not accused before God. God does not accuse me. Every accusation that was mine was laid upon Jesus Christ at the cross and he took it into the tomb and he left it there and he gave me his new life and I am clean and I am beautiful before him. And there's nothing more that I have to do and nothing more that I can do. The only thing for me to engage my heart in is to receiving that from God himself and believing it. And in that instant, it just fell off like a, like a dark cloak, you know, that was Mm -hmm. over my shoulders and covering my face and put in shadows. It just fell off. So I'm hoping that answers your question as to how these beliefs or misbeliefs about God and about who we are, how it shows up in our regular daily life. Yeah. And as you were sharing, I was like, I think you guys just given you a great model to how to get back to that truth in terms of being able to hear what is false and identifying that and then bringing it back to the light and bringing it back to the truth of who God is in his word. And your example really exemplifies that in terms of, A, you didn't die because having an experience. So that that's one thing. But B, seeing you be open enough to take that journey and fight through that emotional, that, that conflict of understanding. And so, yeah, I, I'm really excited about how you formulated that. And it's interesting as well, because I recently went through something very similar. <laughs> oh, really? It's almost as if God knew we would be talking about this. <laughs> and, and, and thus, and for you guys, every time I do a podcast interview, I spend time letting them know what's coming up and, and so that we can be on one accord. We pray through things again so we can have God's insight and making sure that we're bringing your message of his goodness. And for this segment, it took me a long time to identify how to bring about this conversation. And for me, my thing was, I can't hear your voice. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't like doing anything with the podcast and I can't hear God's voice. It's like, that's a no-no because mm-hmm. I don't want you guys to get puffed up on me and I don't want to get puffed up on myself because I can do that very easily. And for myself to get back to that place of hearing his voice, I needed to slow down and stop everything that I was doing and just quiet my spirit. Mm. And that's what brought me back to a place of being able to hear him because at the time, my emotions and my desires were so strong, so heavy that it was blocking his voice. And I had to get back to a place of putting those desires, calming them down, calming my mind down, getting on my knees and just staying there until I was at a place where I could hear him. Mm. So I had this picture while you were talking and because I know the desires that you're talking about, you're talking about the podcast. So I know your desires were good desires and their um, desires for uh, profit and, and fruitfulness in, in others' lives. I know they weren't like, you know, materialistic desires or, or wrong desires, so to speak. I had this picture of you being on a merry-go-round and it was brightly colored and you're on this merry-go-round and, and with, you know, with the horses and the little music. But as you're on it, it starts going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And then you were like, I'm getting off. And then you got off the merry-go-round right next to it. You could stop and go to your knees and say, Ooh, here I am, Lord, off that Mm merry-go-round. And so you guys who are listening, we provided two approaches to getting back to that center place. One is going back and identifying what is true in that situation, talking through those elements that are untruth and getting back to a place where that truth is leading you. And then the second one is just taking a time out, spending some self-reflection time and being able to slow down enough to reevaluate what's going on around you. And in that process, making sure that you're being aligned with God's truth. And, And these are all extras because it's funny, it's extras, because we're really talking about God's character and who he is and how sometimes we misalign ourselves and not be able to see the truth of his character. So what I want to do is getting back to the truth of his character, because we're talking about how sometimes we perceive him as being one way, and we're not able to journey through our lives because we have this wrong perception of him. And so to bring it back to that part of the conversation, I wanted to ask you, Deanne, as we're dealing with ourselves, sometimes, and you talked about it a little bit in terms of wanting to hear his voice and and you're about to speak and, and present things to individuals, but what about those areas in our lives where we feel like he may be disappointed at us? That feeling that he's disappointed is a a pretty unpleasant feeling and probably pretty pervasive in most people's lives just because of the performance and perfection kind of society that we live in. You know, the social media pictures that are always perfect and the standards that we create for ourselves that we think we're supposed to meet up to. And I think this feeling of disappointment is is probably pretty pervasive. For me, hearing him speak over me Hmm. has been one of the, well, probably the, probably the most important and radically 
shifting way that I've changed how I see who he is. The, the way that he speaks is he, he's full of invitation. He's full of kindness. He's so patient. If you look even in the scripture when Jesus would deal with, let's say the woman in, caught in adultery, right? The whole, the whole town was ready to stone her. I mm. mean, this was a pretty hairy situation. They pulled her out into the streets and the whole town was ready to stone her. And by the law, they had the right to stone her. And Jesus, he didn't even give her a, you shouldn't have been doing that. Or I guess you got busted. Mm. I don't even think his look had any scorn in it. Mm. I don't think he was, I think he showed zero disappointment in her. I think when she looked at him, mm. the love flowed out of his eyes. And to have someone, particularly a man in that society, stand up for her to the whole town. This is a different representation of a God than the one that we think is disappointed in us. If, if he wasn't disappointed in her, how much more so is he also not disappointed in us? And it's actually interesting because I've heard that story many times about, you know, casting the first stone, but I never heard it in the sense of, God's love for the person, but more so to challenge our perspective of being self-righteous. And so we focus more on the perspective of being self-righteous that we lose sight of his care and we lose sight of him protecting her in a sense and valuing her as a human being despite her flaws. <laughs> well, and it's like the prodigal son if anyone's not familiar with that story, it, it, the, um, a rich man has two sons and one of them asks him for all his dad for all his money and his inheritance. And he takes it and he goes and spends mm -hmm. it in the wildest, most disrespectful, most in that day and time, most unclean and inappropriate and immoral and illegal activities that you can possibly dream up. And then he finally comes to his senses. And he comes home because he realizes, well, at least the servants in my dad's house are better off than I am right now. And even when he's a long way away, mm -hmm. how much could that father have said, well, crud, here comes that rotten scoundrel of a son who wasted all my money. What am I going to do now? I mean, none of us would be mad at that dad if he thought that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd be just yeah. bad, but he doesn't <laughs> say that. He runs to his son mm -hmm. he's bring the best robe mm -hmm. bring my ring that says this is my son he shows he, he embraces him he doesn't mm. he doesn't hold him at arm's length he, he doesn't like well yeah you can come back and kind of turn his shoulder and he doesn't need to punish his son he doesn't even need to see, hear his son dad i'm sorry he's, he doesn't even wait for that and that that heart of the father, I mean, if anyone could have been disappointed, it would have been that dad and that son. And Jesus is telling us that story to show the heart of the father for all of us. So whenever we feel like I couldn't be more rotten, I couldn't be more wrong, I couldn't be more dirty, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be worse. It's even at that point, the very God of heaven, the creator of all is running towards you 
with open arms and with his ring that says you're his daughter, you're his son, you're his child, and with a robe to cover you and ready to throw a party in your honor. And hearing that and understanding God's character in that way has always brought me joy. Like every time I read that passage, I'm like, sometimes I can minimize because I've heard it so many times. And and we're like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But until we're in that state where we understand the impact of our stinkiness and our dirtiness, then it then it opens up the canopy of the grace and mercy that God provides for us. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, his unconditional love. Because I think if if somebody took all my money and did whatever they wanted and then came back. I'll be like, you done that bitch. You go ahead and figure that one out. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're like, this is this is no coming back. And we and we've heard it many times. Like, if you leave, it ain't no coming back. That's you. And with God, that's not his perspective. Like he longs for us to return to him no matter what state we're in. Like we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to, you because I've heard that many times, like. I'm going to come. I just, there's just some things I need to get together first. And then when I get these things together, then I'll come to church or I'll, you know, spend more time with God. Cause right now where I'm at, is kind of nasty, which granted some of the things that we do, it's not that attractive, but God isn't the type of God that's waiting for you to get cleaned up. He's the God that says, okay, you think a little bit, but I'm going to embrace you and I'm going to help clean you up but I just want you to be with me so we can do this together. I I love that. I just want you to be with me. I think over and over, he says that I just want you to be with me. Ooh, I just want you to be with me. Yeah. And we can figure this out together because the way that you're figuring out normally is just causing more harm. And it, and it's, And it's digging you more into eating that pig slop because you're trying to figure it out. Like, I'm hungry. I got to figure something out. And he's like, "Mm, but if you come to me, you don't have to have that pig slop. I'm going to give you what you need. And we're going to go beyond where you are. And I just find that to be so profound of his character. And such good news. For real. And as I'm saying this, and as we're speaking, the thing that comes to my mind the most is, no, God is not angry at us. He is not disappointed in us. But yes, he wants us to have things better. He wants us to have the lush and the plush. But unfortunately, we minimize that because we're trying to do it our way instead of being at his feet and allowing him to cleanse us and uh, and us as you like to say all the time, I'm stealing some of your words, receiving his goodness and his blessing in our lives. And really that's receiving his goodness and his blessing in our lives does far more to change anything in us than all of our best efforts could possibly produce. Yeah. And I was thinking about that today. So kind of ironic that it will come out in the podcast. <laughs> Because one of the things that I was thinking about, again, because we get caught up with, I have to be perfect, I I have to be clean, that God is saying, yeah, 
when you're with me, though, I'm going to fill in you all of these good things that it overflows. And so what you felt you were incapable of doing at the time, because you're with me, we're going to do something really great. It's going to overflow because you're feeding yourself on my goodness. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I just can't keep it in. Uh, yes. Even more than that. Yeah. I feel like it's important to say that as a believer, as someone who has received and acknowledged that Jesus is the son of God, when God looks at you, he only sees clean. He only sees you as righteous. You have been completely washed and completely cleansed, and he sees you as perfect. He doesn't look at you and see, oh, man, she's pretty good. If only she'd read the Bible 15 minutes every day, or if only she'd not yell at her child, like he doesn't look and see right. failures or things that are missing. He looks and sees and is beautifully delighted yeah. with the righteousness that you now wear as his son or daughter. Yeah. And I will add to that, that we're able to be that because of the blood of Christ. Amen. And because of that blood, that's what he sees. So how much more important is it to be united with his son so we can be clothed so <laughs> he can see all that goodness in me? And so, Deanne, I, I definitely appreciate the things that we've shared thus far. And for those who've been with me, we all know what's about to happen. I'm going to ask, Deanne, can you please come back so we can keep talking? Because I'm so, again, it, this conversation has edified my spirit so much that it really has calmed me down. Oh, nice. Nice. I would love to come back because I think there's a few more things that we can say. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. To those who are listening, come back next week. In the meantime, I just really want to leave you with the understanding of just how much God loves us and how he wants to be with us and embrace us. And just, man, just how good that news is. I'll see you next week.